Hi, you are listening to the D49er Update here on 22 West Radio. Uh, my name is Joel Vaughn, and in the studio with me today are... Um, Samantha Diaz, the Arts and Life Editor. Kat Schuster, News Editor. James Chow, Senior News Assistant. Luke Ramirez, Assistant Sports Editor. And yeah, and also guesting us with us today is Spence. Hi, uh, my name is Spencer Klein, and I am uh, assisting Joel for 22 West Media today. All right. Yes, cool, cool. So I'm not getting any sound out of these headphones, but we're going to hope they record anyway. So yeah. Um. Anyway, so first off, we're starting off with news today, and that is stuff that you missed that happened over break. So to start that off, um, construction, traffic. What's going on with that cat? Well, basically, uh, last semester we saw that the campus circle by um, Brotman Hall was closed uh, due to construction. They were um, basically uh, redoing those storm drains there, Mm. and um, now they've gotten that done. So students will be relieved to know that they can drive through campus and won't have to go around anymore. Yeah, cool. So um, what is kind of like the end result of that um, uh, like actual letters and signage for um, Go Beach, I believe it is. Right. Um, like, where did that money come from, you know? So, as most students probably have noticed, there's six-foot letters that say Go Beach um, mm-hmm. over by Brotman Hall. Um, people are probably wondering uh, how expensive that was, <laughs> but according to uh, Mark Zakor over at Physical Planning and Facilities Management, um, the the project was basically a byproduct of uh, the storm drains being redone. Um, basically, the road was falling apart, and since they had to put it back in anyways, they decided to make it a more student-friendly area um, with the Go Beach letters, uh, more make it more of a landmark. They've got Wi-Fi there, benches, planters, mm. all kinds of that good stuff. So basically, there used to be a wall erected there, um, and instead of replacing that wall, they, they pretty much just uh, built the letters instead. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, essentially, it didn't cost anything different. Yeah, no, definitely. And then, I don't know, we'll also be releasing a video later tonight as well on the general like student reaction to like the actual building of those letters exactly yeah some people are a little upset over the a which is missing its bar but uh mm-hmm. others are uh going inside of it and having a good time so triggered. yeah I, triggered. that is <laughs> luke feeling triggered by there being no bar apparently <laughs> but no man i don't know i mean it's it's like aesthetically like i don't know consistent thing i guess you could say because it's a pyramid Pure oh, right, yeah, I guess I didn't think of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're bright yellow letters with an A with no bar. So I think mm-hmm. it's kind of a reach, and we won't get into it too much, but especially on the athletic side, like, to change the uniforms and all that, even though I don't think we've seen one in a game yet, but if that's the direction they're going, I think it's a little bit of a reach from a sports perspective, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Luke with a hot take on the sports perspective. Always hot takes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing but hot takes over here, guys. And even hotter things right now is more construction on campus. More so construction. Yeah. Um, so basically that um, those storm drains being replaced due to flooding, uh, that was part of a campus-wide infrastructure project. Mm-hmm. And that will now uh, shift to more storm drains, yay, on the north side of the University Student Union. Uh, that area will be closed off for the first few weeks of the semester. And then the third compo- component of the infrastructure project will be implementing hot water piping, which will close one lane on East Campus 
drive starting February through the mm. end of the semester. So that might be kind of a bummer. It might cause some traffic congestion, but we'll see how that plays out. Mm. Um, other than that, uh, PPFM is also working on Reclaim Water, which will block off some areas by the athletic fields and Walter Pyramid. But um, apparently parking will not be affected, so that's good. We'll see. So it'll be just as bad as normal. Yeah, and yeah. also um, the, there's also a Campus-Wide Americans with Disabilities Act uh, accessibility project that sh- which will upgrade all ramps on campus mm-hmm. to be ADA compliant. Yeah. So um, I guess there's going to be some closures on that staircase close to uh, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. Okay. Um, so we'll see a little bit of uh, action there. But yeah. Well, I mean, that's a particularly good thing here on this campus. It's like almost hostile to like, you know, if you're getting around in a wheelchair or have anything impeding your walking. You know, I know it's, it's by no means a disability other than what I impose on myself. But like for the entire previous semester, I carried around a rolling suitcase filled oh, with man. my books and stuff because I'm you know, a goddamn weirdo, apparently. <laughs> but, no, it's just, it, I don't know. I mean, ramps are a good thing where you can put them, so I'm a-okay. That is cool stuff. But, yeah, also with um, the whole uh, beach layers thing, that turnaround being, like, done, like, being messed with, we also have our bus routes back on as oh, well. Oh, yeah, we have our, the shuttles are resuming their normal loop. Um, so those will be making more frequent stops, and I believe there will be two of them now instead of one, so... That'll be great. People will be stoked to not have to walk, God forbid. Yeah, exactly. Yep, you'll be able to get around. And then other things that are going on around campus, Japanese gardens, admission costs. Yeah. Weird stuff going on there. So the Earl Burns Japanese Garden is going to begin charging for those who aren't staff, faculty, or students. Um, It's basically going to be $5 for adults. um, And for seniors and alumni, it'll be $4. Um, Kids, $2. Kids under 4 are free. Um, so, yeah, basically the last we heard about the Japanese gardens was that uh, uh, President Jane Close Connolly was wanting to in- increase admission, trying to get more people out there. So we're a little curious as to why now they're going to be charging for admission. So we'll be uh, covering that next week. So look yeah. out for that article. Yep. Keep, we're keeping up with that one, guys. So um, kind of rounding out like the end of this whole news thing that we're going through at the top of the show, we have James Chow, um, our assistant news editor, our senior assistant news editor, to Kat, our news editor, who was just talking. Yep, yep, yep. But, yeah, um, anyway, we're talking about Brown's budget for the CSU and all, like, you know, I I don't know, like, the hiccups and tie-downs and whatnot that come with that. So, yeah, um, so first let's start off um, operating budget. Basically, CSU's operating budget is how much money that they're going to spend on things. And then Brown proposes that. um, We put that budget forward. Brown proposes a budget, and then, like, it's finalized in May. But what's the kind of discrepancy between the proposal that CSUs are putting forward and Brown? James? So, basically, um, the operating budget increases for uh, this academic year, for 2018-2019. The university system requires around uh, $263 million from the general fund and uh, $19.9 million for student enrollment. And... um, so basically, on January 10th, Governor Brown only allocated $92.1 million toward the Cal State University system, and that we fall short about almost $171 million of the general fund, and you know that is obviously unsustainable for the university. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and you like kind of did the whole gambit with you know talking to uh, faculty, administrators, union people. What was kind of like the consensus that you got? If it's you know not obvious because they work at CSU. Right. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, basically everyone is um, pretty upset about it. Um, pretty pissed off. Yeah, I mean they they like that. You know, we get funding at least from from the governor mm-hmm. as part of his um, plan. As I think the California promise, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's just not enough. Um, I talked to. Uh, Professor Douglas Domingo Feraste, I mm-hmm. think he's in the classics, but he's also the the Long Beach chapter president of the California Faculty Association. Yep, good old Dougie. Yeah, good old Doug. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he had a lot to say about um, yeah a lot I, about Governor Brown's uh, inadequate budget. Um, he called him, uh, as I said in the article, that he, he called him Pennywise and Town Foolish, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and then yeah, we just we just need more funding from the university. Yeah, and do you have like the specific like gap between the two fundings there, James? Yeah, uh, so we so we fall short we fall short about 171 million dollars from what we need and from what the governor Brown has given us mm-hmm. uh, so far. Because this is just his proposal. The final budget is like you said earlier; it's not finalized till till June. Mm-hmm. And like if. Like, as I said before, um, in May, um, we kind of, this is only Brown's proposed budget. budget. Mm -hmm. So in May, that budget is finalized, and, you know, there's a whole um, board of trustees thing and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth. What is, like, kind of the predicted response if the uh, Governor Brown doesn't increase that, like, funding for the CSUs? So, um, so like the alternatives, if if we don't get that funding, if Governor Brown does not give us that funding, um, we would expect to have a tuition increase, and um, and if that if that's not taken, you know, un- different universities ha- would have to take on budget cuts, mm-hmm. and that's different for every university. Obviously, this is you know this was just announced, so um, you know we we wouldn't know what what kind of route that Cal State Long Beach would take. Yeah, well, I mean, you also have to factor in that Cal State Long Beach is, you know, one of the biggest in the states, really. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it costs a lot of money to run us and so on and so forth. And Connolly actually made um, a particular comment about um, admissions here at the school as well. Partic- no, James? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, she, did, don't, she did, she did, she did. She did, yeah. where it's like, oh, it, it's kind of this thing where it's like, oh, we might even have to turn away more people because, you know, we can't afford to... Not necessarily not afford to keep the ship afloat, but it's going to be a lot harder to keep the ship afloat, I guess yeah, you could say. definitely. We received, um, according to Connelly, she said that um, uh, in 2018 fall semester, we received the university received around 103,000 applications, mm-hmm. and it, we're expected to force to turn away tens of thousands of those students who are, who are eligible for the Cal State University system. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. You know, it... Uh, on the one hand, is putting in perspective a little bit, um, cons- especially considering that we're not a UC where you know you're looking at like ten grand plus in right. like tuition. I'm that's n- might not be a completely accurate number, but you know, take it with a grain of salt. You know, I mean, we we still have a relatively cheap tuition, but a relatively cheap tuition isn't really necessarily that cheap anymore. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, Anyway, that rounds out our first segment with news, um, and we will be back with arts and sports. And we are back with the Daily 49er update. Um, yeah, my name is Joel Vaughn. I am your co or assistant news editor and host, not co. Cat just gave me the dirtiest look ever. <laughs> um, yeah, and once again, kind of rounding out the studio in here with me, um, we have... 
um, Sam, Arts and Life Editor, Cat mm-hmm. News, who we mentioned earlier, um, James on another assistant news editor, a senior assistant news editor, and senior assistant sports Luke, and then Spence is guesting with us today. So, yeah, um, we are headed into our arts and life stories right now, particularly on Glamfa, mm-hmm. um, hot new art museum over there. Yes. So, yeah, um, Sam, tell us on the details on the general, like, details on Glamfa, who's there, what's there, what's it for, and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what Glamfa is, is it's an art installation that invited over 30 artists from schools all over the L.A. area to bring their art and showcase them in one place where students, faculty, and community members alike will be able to see them. And this is the 13th annual Glampa to be held at CSULB. Mm-hmm. And um, the way this came about at our school was really interesting, actually. it's It was a group of um, CSULB students that just really saw a gap in communication and networking among artists from different schools in different cities. And yeah. they decided to fill that gap by creating this group called the Fine Arts Roundtable. And it's a group of Long Beach students and the board rotates every year to different students and what they do is they curate art from students among all these different schools and they just bring them together in one place to fill that gap yeah so you know kind of weaving together the fabric of like the various like ba of fine arts programs yeah yeah, that's the goal just throughout la Mm -hmm. so yeah and that started off 13 years ago too so Mm -hmm. um let's kind of get into like gallery theming for um this year's glamfa yeah, so what they do every year is um, every spring they go to different schools and they take entries from different artists and they curate this whole gallery. And then once they have all the pieces figured out, um, they invite a writer to basically write one thematic piece that ties the whole gallery together. So this year's um, thesis was written by Rhiannon Ahrens. I really hope I'm saying her name right. And she's a COCLB alum. And the thesis was titled Liminal Subjects, Queer Objects, Questioning as a Statement. So mm-hmm. basically the idea was that these artists were taking one subject and applying different perspectives to it. Yeah. So what you'll see when you go in is a lot of art that uses different perspectives and I mean that in a literal and figurative sense. So yeah. if you look at one piece of art from different angles, it's gonna you're gonna see something different mm-hmm. like at every turn. Well, like what's kind of the word picture I guess you would say for some of those objects if you could just uh pitch um, those to us, Sam. It's you know, my first impression walking in was colorful. Colorful, yeah. Yeah. Um it's just it's very obscure. Um I mean that in the best way. There's just there's mm-hmm. a lot of different themes going on. And there's a lot of different ideas. And like I said, perspectives, that was the whole goal. And, and yeah, it's just really interesting. They give you a little program on your way in, and it's really interesting to see um, the ideas that went into this. And if you go on the Glamfa website, you can find out more about an artist if you really like their piece. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, definitely going to pimp that Glamfa website as well yes. to get more details. Glamfa.com. All right, awesome. So, um like and once again, like delivering interconnectivity for students mm-hmm. and everything like that, um, being able to network. So you know, if people want to kind of get in on that, like art students out there that want to meet the artists at this gallery, yeah. or just you know want to see some, like frankly, like just cool 
out there stuff, like from like weird like plaster molding stuff on like mm-hmm. bottles and sets to like portraits of hands and just weird miniature stuff. Um, what is the gallery's runtime? So the galleries are going to be open from now through February 1st, and that's next Thursday. And they're in the School of Art Galleries next to the FO4 building. It's going to be open from noon to 5 p.m. and Wednesdays to 7 p.m. And if you want a chance to meet the artists, actually, this Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m., there's going to be an opening reception. Mm -hmm. And from my knowledge, all the artists will be there, and they're going to name the best of show for this year at 7 p.m. So if you want to go check it out and meet the artists, if you've um, if you've really fell in love with the piece and you want to see the people behind the work, yeah. then you have a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to my friend um, Rusty Shackleford, or Squidly, or Sydney, whichever she goes by at the event. Check her out. She's working that. Um, yep. Great artwork stuff here pottery and whatnot um but yeah so anyway um with that glamfa out of the way we are moving on to our sportsman our, our wingman as he'll pimp later luke with that's the right sports. that's right luke ramirez here again assistant sports editor at the daily 49er uh we're going to kind of break you down on what went down over break while you were gone what you missed in long beach city athletics um we always like to start off with the women, if we have any women's teams. You know, ladies first. We're still very chivalrous at the 49ers. Chivalrous? Chivalrous. Chivalrous. I thought we were an activist paper, <laughs> Luke. I, I, I feel, you know, as the not daily 49er would say on Twitter. <laughs> oh, we just plugged the not. No. Oh, yeah. No, we did. All right. Let's get to we the women. We know you exist. Women's basketball, we're going to start. Um, unfortunately, they were 0-10 over the rate. That's zero wins, 10 losses in the span of. Uh, the about three, four weeks that uh, were over break. Um, and worse yet, 0-5 in conference games. They're on a really tough slide right now. And like mm-hmm. I said, they're still looking for their first conference win of the season. You know, that's in Big West play. Yeah. Um, you know, in a nutshell, you really didn't miss much with this team. Um, I hate to say it, but there's yeah. just a lot of things going wrong. There's not a whole lot of senior leadership going on. Head coach Jeff Kamen is in his first year and obviously going through some growing pains, um, which is to be expected, but this bad, perhaps not. There needs to be, I think, some better signs of leadership from the older players and just more result on the court. They've been outscored 722 to 589 over the last game, 10-game span, so... Not a whole lot of good. So going women's on. basketball is not doing well. Not very well. No, no. not our not our uh, most shining um, sport here uh, coming this spring and over the winter. But there is some highlights. Um, freshman forward Naomi Hunt scored career high twenty eight points in the most recent loss to UC Santa Barbara on Saturday. She was eleven to thirteen from the field, including five of six from three point range, um, and she's part of a freshman effort that is including their top three scores, all freshmen. Mm. All freshmen. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that part of it then? Like, you have a fresh coach. Uh, and it, it could be. They could yeah. be in a full-scale rebuilding mode, which, mm-hmm. you know, is, it's pretty common. I mean, you, it still doesn't give excuse for the, the, the older players, upperclassmen, to, you know, be producing. I mm-hmm. mean, they just need more out of them on the court. I mean, it, they should be taking it personally that mm-hmm. there's three freshmen outscoring them. Yeah. Well, do you think we have Phoenix, I guess you could say, could come out of this fire? <sighs> I don't. I think the season is at a loss. Mm-hmm. Um 
I think the main goal for them is to not lay a goose egg in conference play. They need they need one win in conference play, I think, uh, <laughs> oh, to salvage much of anything avian this year. Or avian puns. Sorry to say. Uh, we're going to move on to the men's now. Mm. The boys did a little bit better. They were 5-4 and four over the break. Three of those wins coming in Big West play, so that's a great way to get it started. Um, the Big West become fairly volatile in uh, in as far as, you know, status of opponents like uh, Fullerton, Irvine, and Hawaii. There's some good teams, so... To come out with three wins to get started in conference is a pretty big statement. I've been pretty impressed. Um, you know, and they've been led by just one guy. I mean, senior forward Gabe Levin has just been – he's been their guy. He's put the team on the mm-hmm. back, and he's been carrying them to success that they've had recently. Um, he was awarded Big West Player of the Week, the week of January 7th, and he was he had uh, 23.5 points a game, 8.5 rebounds a game during that span. He's just been the catalyst both offensively and defensively. And he's caught the attention of the Daily 49er sports staff. So being published on Wednesday, the 31st, we're going to have a feature on Mr. Levin. So be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, pick one up, and uh, read about this guy who's just doing it all on the court for the men's team. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, I'm obviously not a sports guy, in case you can't tell by listening to this. <laughs> but do we have anything else um, going on in sports other than men's and women's basketball? Actually, right now, the crowning jewel of all of Long Beach our men's volleyball team. Really? Men's volleyball? Men's volleyball. Who would have thought? Uh, see, man, I, I'm i not going to lie. I came into this campus thinking we had a football team because, you know, I, I'm I'm definitely connected <laughs> here. You know, But, yeah, men's volleyball. Well, team. you say college football. We pretty much have Al- the Alabama of college football here at Long Beach State. That's number one in the nation. Perennial, just powerhouse team. Um, I mean, they're doing it all. Alabama, I mean, like I said, Alabama of college men's volleyball here, right here mm-hmm. in our backyards. And it's kind of tough to wrap your mind around. I mean, we have, you know, they're doing such a great job yet. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of news coming out about them, but it's it's got it. We got we're gonna start doing a little better job coming yeah, this year. Um, we're gonna get uh, on their trail here pretty soon. They're gonna have a lot more home games, so it's gonna be uh, you're gonna want to check them out. They're, they started off seven and zero. They're going for eight and zero this Friday. If they do that, it's their best start in the last ten years, almost a decade. Um, their best start, and they're being led by arguably the best player in the whole United States, TJ DeFalco. He's a junior outside hitter. Mm-hmm. The guy's just absolutely a beast. Um, he's averaging over three kills per set, um, leading the LBSU roster. That's that's loaded in itself. But surprisingly, he's actually not leading in kills per set. That's uh, that title belongs to junior Kyle Ensing, who's at 3.27 kills per set, um, and he's played just as much as Defalco. So yeah, I mean they've got they've got so many weapons. Head coach Alan Knipe has so many weapons at his disposal, and I mean he's they're just doing it all on the court. It's fun to see. And I just honestly, I feel bad for for Stanford and USC uh-huh. who are coming into the pyramid this weekend, Friday and Saturday, to to play the number one team in the nation. It's never a good sign. Sounds like a real massacre. Lots it, of it weapons, lots of kills. That's right, kills, <laughs> weapons. They do it all. They're just I, assassins, assassins of the game. Okay. Well, you uh, you were a feature, didn't you, on one of our dirt bags yeah, here? Yeah, did. We have time to talk about it a little bit. This uh, break? Yeah, uh, we have four more minutes. Awesome. Yeah, four minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, I did recently write a feature that uh, I've been wanting to work on since I heard about the news um, last fall. It has to do with our Long Beach State Dirtbags, mm-hmm. who are not number one team in the nation, but did a pretty darn good job last season. Um, they were one game away from uh, reaching the College World Series, which is like the big playoffs of college baseball. So yeah. um, they made a lot of news in the past, but you know, if you're, in case you've been wondering what's going on this fall, I wrote a cool little feature on one of their former pitchers. His name is A.J. Jones. He's now in his senior year here at Long Beach State, his last semester. So he'll be graduating in May mm-hmm. uh, before the season's over. 
But the thing is, he's not going to be suiting up for the dirtbags this season. No, he's not. He's not, um, unfortunately. Did, yeah. Um, I believe he had an injury, or at least that's the overheard that's thing I heard in the news. That's newsroom. correct. So, pretty crazy story he has, which really caught my attention that, I, you know, I wanted to get out there and, and get a further, more more information on this story. He had a shoulder injury to his rotator cuff that's bugged him since, uh, you know, he played junior college baseball a couple years back um, out in Nevada. He's a Colorado kid, mm-hmm. um, has had a great upbringing, and basically he's been forced to have surgery if he wants to be able to pitch again yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. So when he reached that decision last year, he decided to turn down the surgery and and uh, give up his baseball career, so medically retire is a technical mm-hmm. term. He's medically retiring because he doesn't want there to be any blips on his medical record so that he has the best chance possible in joining U.S. Special Forces Unit, yeah. um, this case particularly the Air Force Pararescue uh, Special Forces Operation Unit, which, I mean... What what more? How you, he, the kid's giving up his stellar baseball career. If he was to pitch and stay healthy this season, there's a huge chance that he could be you know one of the next dirtbags drafted into the MLB and Mm-mm. and you know who who knows from there. Um, but he's giving all that up. He has greater goals. He has a calling to serve you know the country, just like a lot of people in his family have. It was really just a great story. It was a pleasure to talk to the guy. I mean. He's like I said, he's one of the most talented pitchers they had last season. He just had the injury problems, so it was unfortunate. Yeah, we didn't get to see a whole lot of him. But you know, for him to make this decision, he he's 21 years old. He already knows what we want to do with his he's life. He's a kid, man. He's a kid, and he's making huge decisions that mm-hmm. are just really honorable and humble. So um, it's a great story. You should try to check it out. It's still uh, posted up on our website. You or can, you can uh, get in prints because that issue will be on the stands for the rest of the week. That is true. It'll be on the stands until Monday, right? Monday morning. Yeah. So yeah, grab one. They'll still be around. It's the front page news. Um, we got some great shots by one of our former photographers, Jose De Castro. Mm-hmm. Got to shout him out. He's the man. Uh, he's very eager to shoot dirtbag stuff. So it was an overall great story. Hit me on Twitter too. It's at Luker Sports. That's four U's in Luker. I know it's really confusing, but mm-hmm. if you can find it, it's worth it. The story's posted on there a bunch. Um, so yeah, give yeah, it, give it a check, check it out. Yeah, and speaking of print and front page, if I may promote myself here, I have a feature with um, a- our VP of Administration and Finance, Scott Appel. But even more speaking on print, um, up next um, we will be talking about our plans for future for future issues, excuse me, and then also we will be winding back in time for what we did over the break. Uh, see you soon. And we're back. So we're going to start off with pimping new stuff for next week uh, before we just divulge into complete madness here. But, yeah, so let's start off with news. What's going on next week, Kat? So basically, uh, I'm sure a lot of students have noticed that the water tower has all kinds of uh, stuff all over it. It looks a little odd. Mm -hmm. um, It looks a bit off. It has a bunch of scaffolding and whatnot. It looks like, you know. Yeah, lots of shrapnel. Um, Really want to climb up there. That's my story. Yeah, that's going to be Luke's story. Yeah, Luke. Um, So he's going to be doing some heavy investigative journalism to find out what the heck is going on. So calling Terry Carbaugh. I mean, (laughs) if if it's just routine maintenance why do they need scaffolding up and around the entire thing that's probably thousands of dollars worth of scaffolding right there so mm-hmm. there could be something bigger going on is that right. what they told you it was is it the aliens uh, they uh declined to answer any questions for me at the time that i called them but is i do the have another hospital yeah. 
Yes, with the Veterans Hospital. But I do have uh, an appointment set up to talk to them. So they are willing to talk. Just caught him at a bad time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's told me it's just routine maintenance. So I'm going to uh, dig into it a little deeper and see what they say. But it's really camp trails. But <laughs> No, joking. But, yeah, okay. So water tower construction going down on that. Don't know why, but we'll find out next week. So, you know, pick up an issue. Check us online. What else do we got, Kat? Um, we're basically going to be... Um Asking students uh, if they're covered or not. Uh, we're doing a poll mm-hmm. on uh, Facebook, I believe. So go ahead and fill that out when you have time. And this is insurance coverage, right? And, yeah, sorry. That's going to be health insurance. Um, yeah. Open Making sure they're not that they're wrapped up in a nice blanket for, you know, the cold winter nights. Oh, but yeah. No. <laughs> no, but. Um, yeah, covered for health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, open enrollment was extended to the 31st. Um, so we're going to be looking into who's covered, who's not, who's opting out of coverage and just using the Student Health Center. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's important. Get covered. Mm-hmm. And shout our Student Health Center as well. Got free x-rays there and a nice little brace. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you got anything else, or should I head over to James right now? Oh, we can go to James. James, what do you got, boy? Uh, we'll, we'll have some coverage of uh, the Week of Vulcan happening next week from January 31st to... February 1st. James just took a quick look at his phone there, <laughs> full disclosure. Um, charging. Yeah, but yeah, so yep, we could welcome. Uh, I don't think we'll be there, will we? We actually will be having a table there, and we will be doing games and handing out candy and stuff. So Come by the booth. Yeah, come by the booth. Check us out. Pick up an issue. Maybe sign up and write articles for us. That way we're not all doing it. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's... We want you to write articles for us, maybe. If you're good. If you're, yeah, if you're good. But even if you're not good, we'll work with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Help um, us help you. I can get you in my earphones for... Anyway. Um, but, yeah, um, James, is there anything else? Are we good to move on to arts and life? Uh, all I know is that it's happening from Central Quad from 11 to 2, and there's going to be a bunch of student organizations out there. So mm-hmm. if, you're, you know, if you're new to campus, it'll be a great opportunity for you to get involved. And, um, yeah. Yeah, get out there, on. get active, yep. all that. All right, cool. So, Sam, arts and entertainment, what, like, just cool, weird, eccentric, artsy arts arts or not art stuff is going in because we also do movies. So let's start with the artsy arts art stuff going in. Um, Our University Art Museum, which is different from the School of Art Galleries, so this museum changes once a semester, and it'll be available for students all throughout um, the spring semester, and it's taken from people off campus, so like people that are having their their art shown in like national galleries and Mm -hmm. this is going to be the robert irwin museum um so on our monday issue on stands it'll be coverage of that and then on that same monday the museum will be opening and it's free to students if you want to go down and check it out Mm -hmm. and then we also have a nice little profile feature on the new executive director of the Carpenter Center. Oh, nice. And that's that, that little awkward building, like, right behind the pyramid, the mm-hmm. one that's very far from I did not everyone. even... Yeah, I did not even realize that we had carpentry over here. It's, um... It's basically like a performing building. It's a performing building. Yeah. Okay. So, um... So this is our new director. She's been interim for about a year and a half and Mm -hmm. I spoke to her today about you know her plans for the next year and she has a lot of 
cool ideas and ways to get students involved in the Carpenter Center, of course, since it's so far yeah. from the rest of the campus. But it's technically, it's still on campus, and she has a lot of cool ideas of like mm-hmm. ways to get students involved and in coming to events and stuff. So Can you so give us a, for that. a tease of what some of those ideas are, or are we saving it for the article? Um, You know what? I will say she has... She has an idea for Friday nights of 2019. All right. Students to head down there. Okay, sounds good. So anything else happening in the artsy arts, 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 or are we moving Um, on to entertainment or life or whatever? So so one more arts one. Uh, We have a preview for our 2018 spring semester theater schedule. So those are Mm -hmm. from the University Art Theaters, and those are all um, plays put on by students, starred by students. so, yeah, we're just going to do a quick preview just so you know what's going on throughout the whole semester. I believe there's four or five plays coming in this new semester. So we're going to talk to um, the artistic director, it's uh, Jeff Janiszewski, mm-hmm. and he's going to let me know about the upcoming themes, and um, it'll be a continuing project that are that are that a lot of the plays are going to be bouncing off from yeah. last semester. Okay, so bouncing yeah. off from us. What were we... Um, what plays did we feature last semester, if you have anything off the top of your head? Um, we had... I don't know any off the top of my head. Nothing off the top of our heads. No. Okay. But well, it's all part of this this democratic um, like project. Of It's a it's a project to include more mm-hmm. diversity into our plays. So um, a good majority of these plays in the second semester are going to be directed by female directors, and mm-hmm. that's a big push that we've seen the last the last few years by the University Art Theater. And um, yeah, it's just really cool plays that hit a lot of different issues that um, are close to students. Cool, 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 yeah. cool. So and on the entertainment side, um, we have a movie review coming in from one of our new staff writers. His name's Eddie Diaz, and he's going to be reviewing. The movie Knight Rider. Oh, damn. I know Eddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took um, research methods with him. Yeah, he seemed very eager, mm-hmm. so um, be on the lookout for that. And then we have two new weekly columns that we're going to be starting next week. One oh, yes, we do. One by our very own Joel Vaughn. And uh-huh. do you want to tell him about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in San Diego, and San, like one of the few th- good things about San Diego is beer. Like, just so, you know, I have a highly refined and pretentious palate. But, yeah, so basically I'm going to be doing a beer column um, that we'll be publishing next week. Um, so I'm thinking about um, highlighting a little brewery um, in the hometown I grew up in called Belching Beaver. Do great stouts, great IPAs, some solid stuff. And then over here we got Luke. Some sports. Ready for some more sports? Not sports. Not sports. Oh, the other thing. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, your art thing. Well, to be honest, I could probably show you, but I can tell you, if you follow me on Twitter, go to the link. Basically, we're starting wing reviews in Long Beach. Yeah, that's right. Chicken wing reviews. Check out our first episode. I was down over at EJ Malloy's um, on Bellflower. It's just a probably a two-mile drive from mm-hmm. uh, from campus. It was an awesome spot. They got a pretty sweet little uh, 49er room they have with some Long Beach State stuff. They're very welcoming to students. And, uh, um, yeah, check out that first video. It was a, it was a blast. Yeah. Too, so Luke, I hope you like it. Future winged cult personality over here. That's right. Yeah, so um, real quick, what else do we got going out in sports next week? Give you the quick schedule for sports. We got men's and women's basketball tomorrow. They're both going to be playing Cal Poly. The women will be at the Walter Pyramid, like I said, looking for their first dub 
against conference opponents. So let's get it done, ladies. Go out and support. It'd be pretty cool if you could say you were there for their first conference win of 2018. Mm-hmm. So let's come out. Let's go out and support. Uh, men are at uh, Cal, uh, excuse me, Cal Poly Slow. Um, and then we got some women's tennis going on on, on uh, I'm sorry, what is this, Friday. And then also men's volleyball playing Stanford, like I said. Bad news for Stanford. Bad news for USC on Saturday. Uh, they're playing uh, men's volleyball also in the pyramid. Not going to be good for either of them. Men's basketball is on the road again, 7 p.m. at Northridge. We got track coming up, indoor tracks going. And then next week, men's golf. Oh, yeah, my favorite. The men are hitting the links again. They're going to be up in, uh, where are they going to be at? Up in Satakoi Country Club in Somis, California. Uh, event hosted by Pepperdine. So be on the lookout for some golf updates. I try to make it as exciting as I can, but. Uh, you know how it is. It's, yeah. it's golf. It's it's golf. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So is that all we got for sports there, Luke? That's it, my That's friend. That's it. Well, um, guess what, guys? We got eight minutes left, and when we have extra time, I like to kind of just like cut loose and just like talk about whatever, whatever's going on. So what did we do over break, guys? Yeah. We're back. This is our first show, by the way, in case we didn't mention it. But yeah, let's just do a quick round of the table. You, Sam. Okay, so uh, I had a very uneventful break, but one highlight was that I got my movie pass in the mail. If you don't know about that, it's this magical little thing where you pay $10 a month and you get a movie every day for free. So I used it about, um, I think, four times over break so far. And my favorite movie that I saw over break was The Post because... um, because it's a trope biased, for journalism to like journalism, journalism movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was great. I mean, I went with my friend who's also a journalism major, and we were like, <laughs> it was so funny. We were like the two 20-year-olds in the whole theater, and everyone else was <laughs> yeah, like at least 60. Yeah, it was no, hilarious. It, it's either like journalism college students that mm-hmm. go see those movies or people like Or people that were like there for We understand it. the grind. We just understand the grind. Oh, we yeah. may not appreciate it, but <laughs> we do. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little teary-eyed when when I saw them making those last-minute edits. That's right. Oh man, I know how that is. And the papers spinning through the mill thing, Mm -hmm. and just like, oh, love it. Yeah, love it. It was super good, though. I mean, (laughs) I know it's like an Oscar Beatty movie. Yeah, about like that, but. Also, I've never seen papers. I've never seen like an actual printing facility for a paper. I've been doing journalism for like three years now. But yeah, they they exist. They exist. I know. I I I for some reason think that the paper just materializes out in the stands (laughs) at this point. But yeah. But but yeah, if you're even if you're not a journalism major, I think it's just a really cool movie to see. There's a lot of parallels between um, what was happening then, what's happening now, with just the relationship between the media and the government. It was really interesting to watch that whole just mental shift between like journalists and how they treat the government and how they cover them and yeah I, I just think it's really interesting to watch mm-hmm. and cat on low ren over the break low ren what's that is that what it is when you're shipping raylo raylo we're not quite <laughs> uh, basically over my break was also pretty uneventful while i had planned on hiking around big sur and um just really uh, reading Jack Kerouac books and being mm-hmm. super hipster, I um, didn't do any of that, and I actually was just really lazy and went to the movie theater three times to see The Last Jedi, Star Wars, and I just totally nerded out and slept in a lot. So yeah, but I really liked the movie. I thought it was pretty cool. 
Okay. Renlo, Kylo, Renlo, whatever it it's is. It's Raylo. <laughs> Raylo. Yes, I'm a fan. All right, I'll admit it. Kat, can you explain for our audience what Raylo means? Yeah. What, okay, so, what, so Raylo is basically um, the uh, fan base behind Kylo Ren and Ray's uh, from characters from Star Wars, their uh, relationship okay. <laughs> and how that developed in the second movie, which most have claimed that that is at this point canon. Um, we'll find out in the next installment. Uh, we found out. Well, actually, I'm not going to spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but uh, it's pretty saucy. Go see it. <laughs> uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. If you're not, if you don't catch that drift, then I don't know. All right, James. Please, for the love of God, don't tell me you just saw movies. Though they're the break. Uh, well, I didn't do anything uh, interesting either. I saw one movie that I remember. <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. Uh, okay. About McDonald's. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess I saw one movie and I ate like McDonald's a lot, but. <laughs> okay, Luke. What did you do over the break? Um, I actually did some. Uh, I guess you call it physical activity, but uh, I guess my highlight of break was uh, heading out to La Quinta, California. I was able to play PGA West, the Jack Nicklaus tournament course. Talking about golf here for people that are uh, don't know. Um, I was able to play golf. Mm-hmm. On one of the best courses in the West region, and actually, la- this past weekend they hosted a PGA Tour event there. So it was the week before a PGA Tour event. I got to play the course. It was in pristine condition. Um, I shot below my handicap. It was just the best golf experience I ever had in my life. So I'm still pretty stoked off that, honestly. And uh, that was pretty much it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, and someone we actually haven't heard from the entire show, Spence. What did oh, you do? Oh yeah. Uh, only had like two big events happened during the break. Um, one I saw the Lakers play. Uh, they oh, lost. Nice. They lost. They lost, of course, because that's what they're <laughs> that's good what at they doing. Do. That's, yeah, what, that's they what, do. what they do. What game was it? Uh, they think they play the Knicks. Oh man! Mm. I thought we were like that was yesterday. Oh yeah, true. yeah. That was it. No, that was the Celtics yesterday. Celtics. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was a while ago. But um, I also met Justin Timberlake at my work. What? Yeah, no he's, way. He's really short. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did, I didn't expect that. Oh, I, I should explain, like, before you guys think I saw him at, like, McDonald's or something. I work at, I'm a valet driver. Oh, uh-huh, So, sweet. like, I see, like, celebrities sometimes, like, come out of their cars and I valet their car for them. How are the tips? Amazing. Good. Amazing. <laughs> I, I, good. <laughs> Is Justin Timberlake um, a good tipper? <laughs> he, he tipped, like, five bucks. What? Twice, to, like, each of the valets. Oh, oh, so total yeah. how much? Uh, I think it would be probably like thirty bucks in total. Thirty bucks. Six of us. So it's not that yeah, bad. That's okay. It's Justin Timberlake though. He, yeah. he, he's the man, short. from he what I understand, right? Yeah, where are those Chris Pundos? <laughs> 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 so yeah, that was my break. Oh my God, how did we not start with you, man? <laughs> That's the biggest break. Yeah, we, you just blew all us all out of the water. Uh, Joel, how was your break? Yeah. Uh, I spent it mostly enjoying California's now super lax weed laws, to be honest. But um, that and Netflix. But you know what do you want me to say <laughs> uh i don't know i also did a decent amount of painting too like that's probably the main thing i did i got back into watercolors um in case for those of you who are not regular listeners out there um i used to be an illustration major when i was 16 so that means i can kind of do art but not particularly well that's why i gave up on it he's lying <laughs> um but yeah so you know winter break we're back daily 49er update um our d49er update we might even change the name this semester i'm bouncing around the idea of d49er roundtable because that's really what this kind of more function that's what we are doing that awesome. it, yeah it's it is saucy 
Posse. But yeah, um, we go live at Wednesday on Wednesday night from seven to eight o'clock every night and. Not every night, every week, excuse me. I'm clearly rusty on this. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we post on SoundCloud the next day. And real quick, before we go, just everyone, Twitter, whatever you want to pimp, just throw it out there. Joel, newsroom, Joel at twitter.com. I want to pimp the Post movie one more time. I really think everyone should go the see post. it. The Post. Cat, it's oh. your turn. <laughs> oh, um... What was I supposed to say? <laughs> just, just say your Twitter and who you are. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna pimp Raylo. 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 Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna pimp my Instagram. It's Chow Broiled, like Char Broiled, but C H O W Broiled. <laughs> and my Venmo is Chowching. Chowching. <laughs> 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 so someone's going to hack James Venmo now and just steal a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. Once again, uh, Luke Ramirez, assistant sports editor. Um, follow the D49er Sports on Instagram, or I'm sorry, on Twitter. Um, follow my Twitter at Luker Sports. That's L U U U U K E R Sports. Down to the bone. Long Beach Wing Review. Watch it all. Almost got excited for that. <laughs> um, I haven't started my show yet, but hopefully when it gets uh, start up and running soon, uh, my Twitter handle is Talking uh, T A L K I N No G W T H. S-P-E-N-C-E, so talking with Spence. Uh, Patreon link is in my bio, so if you want to help me out, throw a little bucks in there, and then we'll get started. All right. And I am your host, Joel Vaughn, and we are out with the Daily 49er Update.